And here we are. This is a Dino Dad chat with Mike Head, who works or runs the mic at the Britannia Pub here in Santa Monica. How are you doing? <laughs> Good. Are, do we talk in? You know, you just talk. Don't worry. You don't have so to this, look at the camera. You or you, talk you can this. look at the camera, and then talk like you're talking to people. And this, okay. we'll see. This is this we'll is. We'll edit a, in the audience. We'll edit, later. We'll, we'll edit in the audience. It's good. We have people in the background, so they, it's like there's real people here, and we're really right. doing this. I feel like I should look at you, so I'm off. Yeah, yeah you can look and at behind me. We'll put an explosion, yeah. and I'll be we, like, everyone yeah. will be like, dude, he's so cool. He didn't even look at that. That's explosion. right. We can add in special effects to this as much as we can. Yeah, can we like make me a beautiful? Is there like a? Can we put a filter on this? Yeah, like, I can. Know. Yes, we can do the filter where, like in Snapchat, where it just changes you into a long-haired, beautiful woman. That might work. Yeah, yeah I, I've done that before. And it really up my catfishing game if it, I had that. Yeah, know? and but when you do that, I, I thought I was so beautiful. I just like would stare at pictures of myself and think, <laughs> like, and, that, and like I'm literally thinking about fucking myself. Dude, if I could masturbate thinking of myself, yeah, like, yeah. it'd save me so yeah. much time. Say, yeah, yeah. It, 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 Imagine it, it, things I could get done. Just, just think if we could clone ourselves to be like a hot version of ourselves, and we could, you know, enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, right. Be that's a, that's gonna be the it, first it, sex it, doll. That's that's the next. <laughs> it's, it's not gonna be a doll at all. It'll be a human. It'll be a clone of you. <laughs> so, Mike, how long have you been doing comedy? Uh, almost ten years. Like ten, nine. So yeah, ten if you count COVID, where I didn't do any comedy at all. Yeah, like and, and, and people did something different during the time. And where did you start doing comedy? Tallahassee, Florida. Tallahassee. Yeah, while well, I was at FSU. FSU. What was that like? It's actually really good, man. I was lucky that there was a legit scene. There was a legit audience who would come to the, the uh-huh. big place there to do comedy. And then the people who ran the show that still do most of the scene in Tallahassee were like, here's the shit you need to do. Like, for, like the main rule is like, you got to... I'm breaking the rule now because it's my show. Uh-huh. But they're like, wear fucking pants when you do our show. <laughs> Even if it's an open mic, wear fucking pants. Why would they do that? It's Florida. Right. But there is something like... Because people would steer the other way where they'd come in with a tank top and their swimsuit. Uh-huh. And like, you know, just looking like a fucking douchebag. Okay, so they, they wanted to people to distinguish the crowd from... Because the audience bit, could come Yeah, in. the audience could do whatever. Yeah. But yeah, it's like... You are performing. There's some aspect to wardrobe in any performance art, and you—it's something to think about. That you know. Did you did you ever get dressed up to the nines or anything? Or no, I never. Well, I usually do. If I do an actual show now, I wear uh, khaki pants and a okay. button-down shirt okay. every time. Okay. And so you performed out there. Were there? I I, I also kind of want to hear other places you perform, but also kind of what what your take on the scene here is because I've been here now for two weeks and my initial presentation here I went to the LA School of Comedy and and just people hearing me coming from Seattle and their idea of, of me their perception is I'm here to like make it big as a comedian and I'm I'm not I really just am interested in seeing the different comedy scenes and seeing um, yeah, yeah. Ha- like the difference between here and helping the Seattle scene grow it, right. you know, some people have a perception of the Seattle world as being 
you know, very woke or progressive. It's hard to get laughs. It doesn't feel comfortable. People say the same thing about LA, yeah. but I've never had that problem here. Yeah. And well, what do you what, what do you think about this LA scene versus wherever else you've been? I mean, the big thing here for open mics is it's really hard to get an audience who isn't comics. Yeah. Uh, the positive thing I think is you can really only do one open mic a night here. Yeah. So. Even if you're... It's not like you do your set and leave because you have another show. Yeah. Like, I spent a year in Toronto doing comedy, uh-huh. and it was a lot more like that, where there's eight open mics that you can do in a night if uh-huh. you fucking go up early, do yeah. your set, and get the fuck out. Yeah. So there's a lot harder up there in the open mic circuit uh-huh. just because of that, really. Yeah. You know, if you're going last, you're performing to nobody. Well, that's interesting because when you... Because, you know, when I was in Denver doing some of the open mics there it seemed like the open mic hosts kind of worked collaboratively together you didn't have to pay for the mics there and you don't have to pay for them in seattle so you go to one at like i went to one at like 5 p.m on a sunday and then as i'm there the host and everybody says go about 10 minutes up the road to the next one and that guy was telling everybody where else to go so you started to build this cohort of of people it doesn't feel like that here in the same way no it doesn't uh we always try to recommend people go to the west side comedy theater because it's a block away yeah and i think it does help that you can do two mics in L.A. if yeah. you come here on a Tuesday. Right. And you don't have to leave early because right. by the time they're starting sign-ups, we're done. Yeah. You know? And that's the lottery system over there. That Right. They do the bucket because they get a bigger crowd. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. they start at 10 o'clock, so they yeah. don't want to go until fucking... Yeah. So what got you into comedy? Uh, I actually, I started, I was a short fiction writer, and okay. then I started doing screenwriting, uh-huh. and I'd never been on stage before for anything, so I started doing comedy, I started doing theater, uh-huh. and uh, yeah, I just really liked doing comedy, actually, so I kind of stuck with that. Yeah, what are your influences? Who, 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 what, where do you, you, you kind of draw that, that source from, or, or, or how does it go now? Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I... Like, my favorite comic ever is Patrice O'Neill. Okay. Uh, favorite living comic is probably Bill Burr. Uh-huh. But I would say I was influenced more to start doing, like, personal stuff. Like, a lot of my jokes now are about me. Yeah. Like, dumb shit I've done or fun shit I've done. And uh, that came from, like, a lot of a lot of different comics, you know. Start doing, like... It's a good way to start doing longer stuff. Yeah. Like, even from the jump, I wanted my five-minute open mic set to either be one long bit yeah. or, like, a progression, like, seamless transitions, yeah. that kind of thing. So I was, like, geared for long stuff from the start, I think, uh-huh. and doing personal stories. So, yeah, that, all right, I was, I was curious. So some people just kind of tell, like, the joke, punch joke, whatever, and then there are people who kind of work in the stories. And, and are you kind of geared more towards telling stories? Or, yeah. yeah, especially like I was watching uh, some podcast with Jeselnik and Tom Segura. Yeah, and Jeselnik's like, dude, I'm so jealous because I have to use like a year to write a hundred yeah one liners yeah because they're so hard and you can do twenty minutes on like. So I called my dad the other yeah. day. Yeah, so yeah, and I think if you have funny, like I have a long bit about fucking a hooker in Amsterdam. Right, like it's funny. It's true. Yeah. It gives me a chance to show, like, vulnerability. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like it's an odd situation to yeah, be it in. Ma- it makes you a... 
more genuine, I think, if you're sharing personal stuff yeah. and if you're trying to get the audience to feel some kind of emotion through it. Maybe right. that's like the hoity-toity like writer side of me. It's like, yeah. oh, I want, I want to elicit a response. Yeah, but it's also, you, I mean, you can still exaggerate things too yeah, in the story. Sure. And that, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely started telling stories and, and trying to do that because those are the comedians that I admire, Chappelle and yeah. Pat Oswalt. I could never write a one-liner. Yeah, no, I, I can't write puns to save my life. Yeah, you know. Yeah, when I was in Denver doing the open mics, I just kept telling stories, and then they'd give me the light, and I say, "I haven't even gotten to the setup yet." And then, yeah. then you know, you're trying to flounder your way through finishing it up, and yeah, it's a skill that you have to develop. Yeah, like I work with my buddy Josh, who's a pretty new comic, yeah. and I'm always like, "Dude, you're cut the setup." Cut yeah. the fucking setup. Cut all that bullshit. All the preamble. All the any fucking info you think they need, they don't. Just yeah. be like, I fucked a hooker in Amsterdam. Here's the story. Let's go. Yeah, and and so that's you know thinking of like feedback and how you kind of per, like you know grow your material. Who, who is it, do you turn towards, Josh? Who, who do you do? Who do you, who do you or how, how do you receive feedback? Who do you get it from? I'll take all the feedback I can get. Um, none of it bothers me, even if I'm never going to use it, obviously. Yeah. It's like, yeah. yeah, cool. You never know. Maybe yeah. one day, one room, one version of that joke, I'll yeah. be like, oh, shit, I'll do it it's that way. Good. Yeah. So, but, you know, I trust myself at this point. Uh-huh. I've been doing it long enough. And, you know, I'll keep doing that joke until I abandon it or it works. Uh-huh. You know? Do you have a favorite story or favorite joke that you like to tell? Uh, I have a few, yeah. Do you want to share one of those stories? Uh, like one of my jokes is about, uh, I call it my airplane fat joke, okay. where I was diagnosed as airplane fat, <laughs> where basically not only do they uh, size you up and make you sit in a different part of the plane, so there's weight distribution, uh-huh. but you also, the seat belt won't fit you anymore. Didn't that happen? Yeah, it's a true story. What? I, I, I guess we can't say what, we shouldn't say what airline, but... <laughs> United Airlines, if you'd like to sponsor me. And the punchline is that uh, it was so embarrassing. Yeah. Because you have to ask for a seatbelt extender. <laughs> My big punchline is that I stole the seatbelt extender, so I never had to do that again. Yeah. Which is true. I was like, I'm taking this. Yeah. It makes me wonder, too, about what other things that happen on an airline that they uh, are not ready to accommodate either bigger people or her other situations. Like your face. Uh-oh, you know, your face is too small for the oxygen mask. <laughs> Right. Sorry. But, uh, you know, it's a bit I've been doing a long, like, since it happened, I've been working on that bit. Yeah. And it really, like I said, it gives me a chance to show, like, vulnerability, humiliation, yeah. you know, spite, anger, yeah. <laughs> just all that shit that, like, a lot of people have problems with longer stuff because uh-huh. they feel like it needs laughs, 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 yeah. laughs. And I heard somebody say it, like, they may not be laughing, but as long as they're listening, you're still good. Yeah. You'll get the laugh later. Yeah. Make them listen to the the part where you're exposing some part of yourself. Yeah. And what? How would you like to see, like I guess, this scene evolve? If you had like a vision for like what could change in LA or what what it could how it could be different or. Or, or improve, what would you like to see in it? Well, the big thing is, like you said, coming from Seattle, people just assume, oh, you're here to make it, aren't yeah. you? So there's a lot of real cattiness, a lot of yeah. bitterness. 
because people are like, oh, you're going to take my shot or you're getting your shot. I've been here forever. Where's my shot? Blah, blah, blah. That happens way too much. Yeah. Yeah. I spoke with another comedian writer recently, Monique Sorgan, and she, she, she's been doing this for a while. And she said, you know, the best way to make connections are when you are just having fun. You meet other people who are just in exactly. it for fun. Yeah. Yeah, and it, you know, it, it does become, like, it's not self-serving, but it just feels better because you have no expectations. But you yeah. feel better about what you can do with your material, and you're not, I don't know, I, it, there's this competitive thing, you know, and for sure. that, that I noticed, like, when I got here... It's very, like, that's Hollywood yeah. for you. Yeah. That's L.A. in general. It's I, competitive for no matter what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone who's been doing it here before you is like, fuck you. Yeah. It's my shit. Yeah, and it, it's it's hard to just, even I, 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 I just don't feel like I'm that kind of person that wants to compete. It, it actually it feels too intimidating to even be start to think like that. And, you know, I... I I don't know. I just, I just want to see. I, want, I mean, you know, I, I'm Jewish, and I think part of this is also, I don't know, intergenerational trauma, or it's just, it's like worrying. It's, it's a constant worry. Is, is something bad gonna happen? And I better just like be friendly to people because it, you know, it's like paying it forward to somebody. Because hide in the yeah, attic one right, day. Yeah, and, and I don't want to do that. <laughs> I mean, I'll open, I'll open another open mic if I have to. But see, I look at it like it's not just friendliness, but like I know the things I do well yeah. and the things I don't do well. Yeah. Um, and to get a lot of things done out here, you have to collaborate with people. Yeah. You have to recognize who does something like like I love people who can do one-liners because I can't fucking do yeah. it. Yeah. Like I, you know, if I ever need that skill somewhere, I know I have to reach out to someone. Yeah. yeah. So the collaboration aspect is a great reason not to fucking. Yeah, definitely working with somebody. And and here, I mean, I've been to all the mics and I kind of start to suss out what I like about them. And usually it comes down to like the welcomingness and the ability to to just try things. Because last week I was here and I was telling you for this, like, you know, I I just kind of going through my own personal stuff. And, you know, comedians are working out a lot of their stuff, too. But I I realized I was just kind of going down this slope of just talking about very depressing things, and they were just weren't landing because I watched the video sent and I was like I can't air this. It like like I I was trying stuff because I, I, I had talked to a friend before about who 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 is a a person of color who told me I could talk about this stuff. We were talking about black porn, and I was working it into being like a depressed dad taking depressed dad baths and soaking myself in my tears. And it was just dead silent. And I said, how do I tell these stories and still tell jokes? And that's when afterwards it's like, I'm creating this dino dad character who can be like a, a buffoon. Yeah. And, yeah. And, 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 and I will say that's another very specific L.A. comedy thing. Yeah. There's a lot of stand-up therapy here yeah. going on. And the audience, even comics, they don't know how to laugh at that a little yeah. bit. Sometimes oh, it can just be a little too like... Yeah, it's too raw sometimes. A I little mean, bit. It's it, just like, yeah. I don't know, man. Therapy it, is so weird. It's therapy, and side. I'm a therapist, so so that was my whole thing in Seattle. Is that I I I, I say this a lot during these interviews. Is that when I first went to the open mic in, in where in my neighborhood, 
Um, I didn't realize that, that professional comedians or comedians aspiring to be more showed up at open mics. I mean, I don't know what I thought, but I just thought it was like a neighborhood craft event where dads would come in yeah. and tell some jokes and sit around and, and drink beer. Uh, be nice. And then I, I took it over and then, you know, I watched, I started looking at comedy very differently because you start hearing these things. And after, like, you know, comedians have these scandals or whatever, you're like, oh my goodness, a lot of them are just showing their cards. They're just showing, like, who they are. They're trying to scale back by telling what the real truth is. And, and I started listening to it very differently. And, you know, people would joke when I go to different open mics, you know, oh, there's Dino Dad, that's my therapist. I'm going to just work it out with him here. It's the free therapy. It, it is really interesting because I, I think about you know you know the, the best like we're talking about storytellers it's when you have these like vulnerable tragic events because which helps with the comedy and you, you might have some experience like this but I noticed that I would tell a sad story and then it would get silent and I'd be like what do I do with this and somebody told me once that's when you know you've got them and Again, then you yeah they're listening they're, if yeah. they're silent they're fucking listening yeah. and that's currency in itself yeah you know find the laugh but if they're quiet that's a great start yeah so we'll wrap up here but like what is like your you know if you could... oh, well i was gonna say oh, go um one of the things i like about doing an open mic out here is you made a lot of really fresh comics like yeah. most of the people who are here tonight yeah. have not been doing this over two years I know. they're and they're pretty they're imp- funny they're impressive and they're not spoiled by the la bitterness yeah. at all yet either yeah, yeah. so i found like as far as collaboration goes, like a lot of the other independent showrunners, mm-hmm. they're the people who will support any comic who comes out here. Right. You know, they're the people to meet. Other comics are not the people to like help you. Yeah, you know? no, I. You're I, lucky if you make a friend in the comedy yeah, scene. Yeah, I, I. I mean, I've been fortunate enough just to have friends who've been doing it for a while. This older guy in Seattle named Cliff Barnes, he's like 70, and I was coming down here, and he's like, yeah, I know Yoshi Obayashi, and I said, I don't, he said, you should contact him, he might know people, and then he knew, like, Earl Skakel, and all of a sudden, I'm backstage, I'm like, what the hell is going on here, but then I noticed, while I was standing around, because you can just stand around the comedy store, and I was like, I don't like this feeling of just schmoozing, it's, it's not uncomfortable, they were like, producers there talking to me and trying to get me to do my routine it's just it just is but i think hosting is a great way to you know it is kind of be you get people to know you so yeah it's still a great scene yeah no i like la comedy is great it is it is it's one of the i mean it's one of the most you know notable scenes next to new york and stuff yeah but um what just you know we'll wrap up here but what what do you have like is like a a a future goal like maybe if you could think like five years from now what would you like to be doing well like i I don't think i'll ever be a headlining comic you know what i mean i don't think anyone will be tuning into my special on netflix you never know you never know uh but i'll keep doing comedy probably forever Uh uh-huh yeah but i would think now like since i started doing running open mics producing some shows like i'm kind of more into that like i'm learning how to do it all like i'm trying to start like booking my friends who are really good yeah you know, looking at the business aspect of the comedy yeah. scene. And you kind of just figure it out as you go. And <coughs> it's really just like... I always don't... say I'm failing upwards. Yeah. You know I mean? Yeah. That, that, that's true. You, 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 you figure it out as you make it yeah. along. And before we end the podcast and this video, 
Is there anything that you want to just kind of promote about yourself that you're doing currently that, that or, or whatever, taglines, websites, whatever? Uh, yeah, no, man. Uh, follow at the Comedy College on Insta. Um, we're hoping to put together a Santa Monica Comedy Fest this oh. summer. We're hoping to go back to my hometown, Florida, to shoot a couple of feature films this winter. Oh, wow. And yeah. That's about it. Well, you're keeping busy with the things that you love, and yeah, exactly. Like I moved out here to pursue my art yeah. across all yeah. mediums, I guess. Well, that's the good thing about this place. There's so many people who have similar interests, and they're all trying to, you yeah. know, meet the right people that are not trying to, you know, pull a fast one. So yeah, man. Yeah. Well, thank you, Mike, for doing this, and uh, it's the. The comedy, what is it called? The, the comedy college. The comedy college. It's the Britannia pub where you host, and yep. yeah, you can you know find him on Instagram, get in touch, figure out how to uh, get your foot in the door. At least starting here. Yeah, for sure. Right. I'm always down to talk shop. Yeah, you know? definitely. That's the best part. All right, thank you for joining on the Dino Dad chat. Over and out. Bye. <laughs>